us to do something. There's a huge, important conversation going on in the nation right now. And something that happens very often with a Marxist agenda is they will take a real injustice and overstate it, uh, pit classes of people against each other, causing division and hate uh, and a lot of polarization. And at the beginning, we should always be unified in our concern against injustice. And one of the things I want to do with Pelo Talk and the Good Source platform, broadly speaking, is give people information so they can reach at their own conclusions. And we see vested interests, especially the mainstream media, carrying on with a narrative and one side of, of conversations at the moment. And if you listened only to them, you could be forgiven for really getting a wrong impression of A, what the problem is, and B, what the solution is. Uh, so let's have honest conversations about those. And if you're challenged by today's content, I encourage you to do research, do thinking, and have conversations. Uh, don't choose to be offended. Choose to be informed. It's okay if you disagree with me. It's okay if you disagree with my guests. It's fantastic if you're thinking about these things for yourself. It's not okay if that disagreement is uncivil, insulting, or based solely on the opinions and information you've got from other people. Uh, let's attribute good motives to each other of sincerity. Uh, let's conduct ourselves with civility uh, unless, the, or until, unless and until the evidence is, is to the contrary. Uh, one of the important conversations going on at the moment, which has been overstated, uh, is the problem of the lot of women in this nation. Uh, and so we're seeing Scott Morrison's government being attacked for misbehaviour going on in Parliament. Uh, potentially criminal misbehaviour, certainly historical, uh, and we see a lot of things going on with the, the, I think it's called the March for Justice, which happened there. And what we're told is that all things will be solved if we just begin to educate our boys and men about consent. Well, this has missed a lot of the worst victims of uh, sexual assault, abuse, uh, harassment and violence in the nation uh, in some of our most marginalised and uh, impoverished communities. Uh, but I actually want to talk about that conversation about consent because it's being weaponized in a way to introduce foul agendas in the name of real justice problems that we should be concerned about. And joining me today is the Queensland and Northern Territory Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, Wendy Francis. Wendy, thank you so much for coming into the studio. Yep, it's a lovely studio too, Dave. And it's always a pleasure to, to have my legs under your table. But I, I, um, I appreciate what you do because I think what your discussion brings out that we are missing in mainstream media is the whole concept of iron on iron. Um, it's that whole idea of being able to discuss things vigorously at times and to come with our own perceptions and perhaps our own bias, but to talk freely and openly and really try and get to the truth. So yeah. for me, it's all about truth. Uh, so I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, and likewise, I share that value. Mm. Um, we can, in this, in this arena, the pol politics, the public square, 
egoism seems to be the rule of the day. And I, people hate being contradicted, hate their presuppositions and assumptions being, being challenged. Yeah. And I want to be challenged. I don't just want to be told I'm wrong. I want to be shown I'm wrong mm. if I'm wrong. Absolutely. Um, and so for me, it's a kindness to actually be relieved of, of ignorance. And, and so I want to do the same for other people. And that's, that's a biblical exhortation. We see that right in Leviticus where mm. there's a, a foreshadowing of what Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, in the same context as that command in Leviticus, it actually says you hate your neighbor if you fail to confront them when they're wrong. Absolutely. Love your neighbor as yourself. You hate them if yep. you don't confront them when they're wrong. And so that goes for um, the the issue that we're going to talk about, but it also goes for you and I. And this is why we need to be challenged because I am pretty sure that today I am not right on everything that I think. Yeah. Um, so I need to be challenged. And I, then I need to go back to the scriptures and I need to go back to people I trust and discuss that and try and work out, okay, where is truth found in this? Because there is ultimate truth. Yep. Uh, and that's where I want to. That's where I want to be. That's right. And if you're watching this and you're not a Christian, you don't hold the Bible as authority. I want to let you know that I'm with you. I'm on your side. I don't want to just tell you the Bible says and and you should accept that. Therefore, uh, that's good enough for me. But I also think that it's my job and and every Christian's job to give you good logical, evidence-based reasons for the reason we're advocating, uh, the public policies that we're advocating. Um, and so I've invited Wendy here because she does lots of research on, on these issues, specifically the, um, the welfare of women and children. Uh, and that is something that the Australian Christian Lobby is very interested in. Yeah. Um, so tell us about consent. And actually, don't feel constrained by, Thanks, by what I say yeah. no, we should be good. talking about now. If you want to take it to a side topic that yeah. you think where the real important um, I think discussion are, needs to be. There are some um, side issues that are connected uh, loosely, um, but you know, you started by saying, and I know that in one way you didn't mean it in this way, but you said that the issue has been overstated. You used that word, and in one way, I don't think that's correct because, to tell you the absolute truth, I don't think there's a woman alive who hasn't had some sort of inappropriate advance from a man. So I think the issue is true. I have never been sexually abused, but I certainly have had inappropriate things happen from, from men. So there's, and, and we've got to say that the, by far and away, the majority of sexual abuse has been perpetrated by a man against a woman. I accept that. So this is, this is the main problem. And then when we've seen in Parliament recently what we would have to describe as disgusting behaviour, mm -hmm. And then we've had the response from the young girl um, in, in a, from the school wanting to push back. And we've had over 40,000, I think, have signed her petition now uh, to have education in schools against uh, what is happening with sexual abuse. Uh, we've, we can see that there is a raw nerve. So there, we do have a problem. How we address that problem is always uh, going to be, it's either going to be helpful or really harmful and my concern is that the way that we are heading to address this problem is actually really harmful and you only have to mm. look I mean the the obvious example for me is uh, just very recently straight on top of all of this we had a school getting all the boys from 12 years old 
to stand up and apologize to all of the girls for bad behavior, including rape and, and all sorts of sexual abuse. And we had 12 year old boys who just were frankly completely confused, um, came away feeling very guilty. Some of them felt dirty because they didn't even understand what they were apologizing for, but they felt um, really conflicted in themselves. And as a mother of a son, a grandmother of boys, I, I just was devastated for them and for their parents. And so this is the extreme. We've gone, okay, all boys have to apologize to all girls. Well, hang on a minute. My dad was just the best dad. I'm married to an amazing man. Mm. I'm sitting with a good man. My son is a good man. I'm actually in a fortunate position. I'm surrounded by good men. Um, and there, and so to actually say, if particularly if you're white and you're straight and you're male, uh, then somehow we are to be fearful of you is a is a travesty. And that's probably what I allude to when I say it's overstated. Yeah. It, it, that you know and i i get i totally get it uh and i do need to hear we men can't imagine what it's like to be a, a woman uh, and and that's certainly not playing into the marxist narratives that's that's actually the truth yeah. the kernel of truth that they want to leverage and exaggerate is yeah. is it is different uh for a woman and and i get that and it, i've never being afraid of sexual assault or abuse uh, in a dark public park or in a workplace or, or, or anywhere else. Mm. Um, it would have been amusing if it had happened. Yeah, um, yeah just being grabbed, uh, you know, like we're always aware that we can be grabbed. Um, now that I'm a grandmother, I'm, uh, you know, that doesn't happen to me now. And if it did, poof, pity help the guy who tried it. But uh, you, certainly as a young woman, that was something that you, you almost expected to happen. Uh, but as I say, I, do, I wow. don't class that, in, and I probably maybe maybe it is sexual abuse. I don't know, but at the time, I classed it as really bad behaviour. But it is something that women have. So we know. So we've got got to the stage where okay, we know that there's a problem. Then how do we actually fix it? And what we've got is our federal government has actually now started uh, pumping out resources about consent education for children as young as five. Yeah. So. You know, Sorry, just what I wanted to confirm in what you'd said yeah. before we move on was, yeah. was that the overstating is that women need to fear all men yes, and that yes, all men true. are deserving of fear. And, and, and mm. that is a narrative which is coming out yeah. uh, that there's some kind of collective guilt because you're a male or, or collective need to fear men. And, yeah. and that's the bit which is divisive, toxic and harmful. Yes. Talk and, about and the consent. The, yeah. And so, I mean, the studies show like one in five women have been sexually abused uh, before the age of 15. Those are all the studies. And when we think of that, wow. we're talking before about... Before the age of 15? Yes, before the age of 15. So that is what the research says. So if you're thinking of that, we're thinking about a scourge that is affecting close to a quarter of our nation's daughters. Let me... And, and, and boys are not actually immune either. We're talking about probably about 10% of our boys have also been sexually abused. So question I've got, curiosity, mm. is... Is this new? Is this something that was the case when I was growing up, when I was in school 30 years ago? Yeah. Was that 
those stats then or has it blown out of the water? So I think even if we look in the Old Testament, we see incredible, terrible um, stories of sexual abuse. So it's not it's not that it's new, but I'd have to say, Dave, that we're on it's it's a tsunami that has hit us, and and this might come up later in the conversation. But I, for me, with the um, rise in pornography, with the drop in the age of the particularly boys who are seeing pornography, we're talking about 11 years old is is a fairly well thought of um, age for the first exposure to fairly extreme pornography how can we expect then for this not to be happening when the diet of women enjoying abuse which is the majority of pornography that is definitely different i remember Mm -hmm. the first time i saw an explicit image it had been torn out of a paper magazine and it was on the ground outside my high school, and I would have been no younger than 15, maybe 16. Um, and it was one image on a piece of paper that you that you could not click and go further. Mm. But now, pornography is online, and that one image that you saw uh, is a taster of clicking to go further and further. And so we are having uh, mm. particularly young boys on a diet of extreme sort of pornography, and so when you, ha- when you add that into the mix of some sort of sexual abuse has been around uh, as long as you know, Adam and Eve, I think, then we've got a huge problem. And so, yes, it is, it is much more extreme today, and I blame pornography for that. What can, I, I guess the immediate question I have to ask, I don't know if you want to get here this quickly, but... Um, and I have some answers, but I want to hear you mm. articulate what can we... I always want to talk about public policy. Yeah. What can we as individuals do? But but certainly this is a political show. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in big government and over-regulation, but government is there to protect us from things that we can't protect ourselves from. Absolutely. One of the perfect examples for that, um, very silly example maybe, is mudguards. The... the flaps on the back of your tires which stop the stop your car from flicking stones and doing damage on on the car behind you Um, it doesn't benefit me to have them installed on my car but they're mandatory and the government makes that kind of thing possible to protect me from the damage that other people can do absolutely what kind of policy should we all even the libertarians amongst us be advocating the government to solve the pornography problem yeah because our laws do um, create a, a norm so for me driving to your studio this morning i followed the road rules because there are laws in place and i know that i could get a fine if i don't but if there were no road rules i would have got here a lot quicker because i just would have gone however i wanted to faster <laughs> yeah i definitely would have or if the road rule all of a sudden changed and went up i could come here at 120 i would drive to 120 because i would think to myself okay, the law must have been put there because it's safe to do so. So laws do change our behaviour. And one of the big things that the government really should be acting on very quickly is a report that they themselves did. And a report came out in in early 2020, right before COVID got really bad. And it's called the uh, Protecting the Age of Innocence is the report. And the main uh, angle from the report protecting the age of innocence, I really love the name of the report, is to bring in age verification laws. 
So uh, we've seen um, in the UK, they came very close and they even sort of did bring in some laws, but they've come back. If, if I can just define that, age verification laws isn't censorship. No. It's saying an adult who's appropriately old enough to age appropriate to access whatever content they want absolutely may access whatever content yeah. they want but you have to prove you're old enough absolutely it's that age verification same as you have to prove you're old enough to buy alcohol or to go onto a gambling website absolutely and we already have that for gambling to a large extent it's not something that your child can accidentally do we all know that children can get their way around all sorts of things and so they can make their way around a gambling website they would be able to get around age verification laws but most of the 11 year olds who um, stumble on pornography it is a stumble so it is done by accident mm. but the next time they click on is not necessarily an accident and so we're wanting the government to put these rules in place that will protect the child, the innocent child, protecting the age of innocence from accidentally stumbling on something that can change the trajectory of their entire life. And here's the thing about an 11 year old is the brain chemistry is rapidly mm -hmm. evolving and establishing and forming neural pathways which will undergird, not just predict, but actually maybe even dictate future mm. behavior. They're just hitting that puberty age. And so they're just hitting the age of where they're becoming interested in the opposite sex. And if we are, um, if, if the diet that we're giving them, the lessons that we're giving them, because most, most kids are getting lessons from pornography these days. Mm. The lesson we're giving them is that you treat a woman badly and she actually comes back for more. She, she loves it. Mm. Oh, it's actually diabolical. And so the government said that this is what we need. We need age verification laws, um, similar to what the UK had brought in. France has, France has now actually put in really good um, age verification laws. So it's not as if it's not possible and it's not as if it's archaic to do it. It's actually a very progressive thing to do. And what we want is for the government to put in age verification laws that are um, that the, the porn sites themselves are responsible for working out how they do it. There are already a number of ways. The, the, um, certainly gambling sites use age verification, but even any online shopping. So I'll, anything I say, I'll give you, I'll send you links for as well, Dave, so that okay. if anybody's asking me about this, because in the inquiry, um, these sort of laws were the ones that were brought up as possibilities. Okay. So we, have, we already have ways to do it. We, uh, we know that it's already in place for gambling. Um, most of our well, our online shopping. Otherwise, kids could just spend their parents' money. Sure. Um, so there are ways to actually avoid children finding this hard porn, and so we want the government to do that. But what happened was in 2020 when it came out, COVID then hit, and so all of these inquiries that had happened and the recommendations that had come, they were sort of just shelved. And and I know we know that the government is keen on this, but they're just shelved. Then when COVID happened, the need for it became even greater mm. because we actually saw, whoa, kids are at home, they're accessing. And so we saw um, porn website, the visits go up substantially. So all of this, like we're talking about consent, but what, what I'm saying is that children um, are not 
old enough to decide whether or not they can send and we decide that for them so we the government wants to put in age verification laws they're already now got another inquiry that's happening called online safety and so we run into a new inquiry without even doing the recommendations for the previous one um, and then we're pumping out into our schools. Is it the same schools. thing or is no, it...? No, it's different. It's slightly different. It's looking more at how do we protect children from bullying online. But I would say that um, protecting them from pornography online is is more important. It because also sounds it will a lot actually, easier. Well, you would think so. But also, like when you're talking about bullying, I think a lot of the bullying can come from boys having watched pornography, thinking this is what we do to girls. This is what girls are there for. This mm. is what girls uh, exist for. Yeah, it's got to be part of the bullying experience that it's some people feel. It's got to be. And so, but now we've got the federal government pushing out consent education resources. They are saying that they're age appropriate, but we read in the Australian that they are going to be starting at five years old. So we're talking about very young age and we're talking about consent education. So I have a huge problem even with um, the terminology to be honest, mm. because the word consent means how to say yes. Like we're, if you're consenting to something, you are actually agreeing to something. Yeah. And I think it, what, it assumes that sexual behavior is going to be happening. It is. And, and, it, and that assumption is then a self-fulfilling prophecy. And what we want is, what the government wants is people to be able to give consent with enough understanding about what they're consenting to. Mm. My question is, and I'm going to have a drink from your beautiful cup. <laughs> My question is, at what age is a child actually adequately able to give consent? Um, that is a big question. And when we're teaching consent from five years old or, you know, from high school, 12 years old now, uh, then they're too young. We need to be teaching, actually, we need to go back to teaching abstinence. Isn't the age of consent already legislated? The age of consent is 16 in most states. There's a couple of states, I think it's Tasmania and another one that is 17. Uh, so it's either 16 or 17 in Australia. But we are teaching how somebody can consent to sexual behaviour much younger than that. How old do you think is the right age? So for me, my uh, my. I don't think anybody would deny that the longer a child can wait to have sex is much, much better. So I'm talking in a secular sort of way now. There would be no one who would think that delaying your first sexual experience is not a good thing to do. My, from my own no, point incredible. of view, yeah. From my own point of view, I'm, uh, my my own experience and the experience that I taught to my children is. Marriage is when you have your first sexual experience in marriage and that marriage is meant to be one woman, one man as a, as a commitment together for the rest of your lives. Mm. And so that is uh, my, my absolute gold standard. But when we're talking about a child's first sexual experience in a secular um, world and a very, very highly sexed world, we've got to be talking to them about um, the rate of STI. It's like we were talking about sexual transmission, transmitted infections are just, again, very, very common. Mm. And so when we're talking about a child's first sexual experience, surely we want to delay that, not encourage them onto how to keep safe when you're doing it because we know you're going to. 
We don't approach drinking like that. We don't approach drinking alcohol like that. I guess I'm imagining some viewers are going, yeah, your Christian abstinence lecture is fine, but it's not real world. These kids are having sex anyway, so we should be teaching them consent. So I guess I want to arrive at an actual policy recommendation. Taking those assumptions, um, yes, delaying is good, but if they're doing it anyway, with or without our help, and they're being exposed to unwelcome, unhealthy pressure from peers to, to have this behavior, at what age is it appropriate and necessary to start equipping them with empowering consent education? So I, I just, I personally have issues with consent. I really do. Because I think when we're talking about empowering consent, we are saying this is how this is a, in the situation where you can say yes and for me we need to be talking, teaching to our children do you know what you're too young say no um, so I, I, I do have a problem with it but I think when we're talking what about what would you call that a like um, say no education or decline education or not yet education well, I'm not sure what word it is no. Barbara Bush was famous for the just say no to drugs yeah. kind of simplicity um, yeah. I mean, in the marriage campaign, the, the slogan was, you can say no. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad uh, way to go. You can say no. Women need to, girls particularly, need to feel empowered that they have, like they that. have agency over their own bodies. That's actually empowering. Mm. And it's not predicting future bad behavior or imminent no. bad, bad decision. It's not bad behavior. I don't want to come down on those people who are saying yes, yeah. uh, but it's unwise. It's a bad decision. I think we, ha we do have to teach our children protective behaviours, and we have to start that very young. I think we have to, as a parent, so I, I don't want the school to be the educator of my child for really important oh, matters like this. 100% agree. So I want parents to be... That is such a trespass yes, on parental is. role. That yes, is, it is so, so not the state's job. No. So parents have got to start early. They've got to start very simple. Can I lecture the audience here? If you are relying on a teacher or the government to raise your children with regards to sexuality, mm. uh, you're failing. And I don't mean to hurt your feelings. I mean to confront you and call you to do better. Yeah. Find resources. Find help to do your job as a parent because this is part of the problem is that parents aren't raising their children. This is the parent's job. Um, and I would love to be part of that solution. And Wendy's details are in the notes beneath this video. You'll be able to contact um, any number of people will help you to teach your children about age appropriate sex education. But that is the parent's job. It really is because we, we need to teach our children to, to be safe. And so we teach them to be safe in so many ways. We teach them the road rules. We teach them not to pull on a saucepan on the stove. We teach them not to use scissors, you know, until they're old enough or knives. And this is the most important, uh, one of the most important um, so right. lessons to teach. So we need to teach them protective behaviours. We need to teach them it's their body. They can say no. Um, but, but when you teach, consent alone is actually quite dangerous. Because just, just because I say yes to something does not mean that it's right or it should happen. Mm. So if you, te if you teach a child that they can say yes to a certain behaviour, 
you are giving them permission over their bodies to actually agree to abuse. Mm. Because there are plenty of times when um, a drunken party is, has happened and I've talked to people after the fact and things have happened that they have actually consented to that have actually devastated them in the next day. Yep. So just because someone consents to something does not make it right. I was, uh, and again, we're talking about parental responsibility as well as personal responsibility, but um, you know, it's horrific for anybody to be abused with or without permission, especially without, um, but it's, it's still harmful even with. But uh, there was recent news about a girl who'd, who'd been raped um, and one of the things that amazed me was that she was at a party with this boy who was at the very least stalking her in a predatory manner that was definitely alarming and concerning to her. Mm. Um, if it was known that he was going to be there, why did the parents let her go or whoever was responsible for her? Mm. Why did they also not teach her that as unfair as it may be for her to have to be the one who had to leave the party, why didn't they teach her to leave the party? When you see that guy's in the same room as you in a private, you yeah. need to beat it. Yeah. You need to protect yourself. Yeah. And that's not fair on her no. that she had to miss out. No. That's, that's, I get that that's not fair. And he should have been called to higher standards by his parents who were definitely complicit. Um, but, but it's this protection. Like how... It's okay to say no. I think that's that's so fantastic. A line that's that's not a, just a simplistic just say no. No, it's um, okay to say no. And and I think it's also really important for people to realize that just because you consent to something does not make it right. Mm. Uh, because at at a party in that sort of situation, the pressure can be so extreme. And it's not just coming necessarily from one guy, it could be coming from a group of guys, but it can also be coming from a group of your peers. Mm. So a group of your peers can be saying, come on, you know, do it, do it, do it, or whatever. And whatever that is, the pressure that you then succumb to, and then so often the whole consent thing falls down as well because the next day when there's somebody who's been really hurt by whatever has happened, it's a he, shared, he said, she says thing. Mm. So then wh where do we go with that? Where do we go with the he says, she says, when it's uh, consent, consent, no? Like it, Especially it when we're down. in a culture that promotes and celebrates both of them saying yes. It, that says that this is liberty, this is empowerment, um, go ahead, enjoy your bodies and, and sex and, and there are no rules as long as you both Absolutely. agree. When that culture celebrates that... Um, how can you be surprised when he says, hey, we were, or either of them, I don't mean to gender type no. it, but... Um, it is usually a guy who has pressured a girl. That is the majority. It's not always, and we've got to say that there are sexual abuse victims, both male and female, but the majority is uh, still that the predator is a guy and the victim is a girl. That That's, that's just the truth. And, and the reason we can't just assume guilt is because there are more than enough precedents of false accusations mm. to make sure we we don't automatically believe one party over the other. No. Uh, and that's tragic as well. Um, but And I just can't help but think, how is this not all a predictable outcome 
of the free love yeah. sexual revolution. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's important because you, we've got to say that in every way imaginable, it is in the best interest of a child to wait to have sex in every way imaginable. So if we agree. all agree on that, then uh, the, the, our teaching has not got to be about how to say yes and how to protect yourself and when, in what situation should you say yes and what... That it's the, the teaching needs to be in every way imaginable. It is, it is in your best interest to say no. Yeah, you know what? It's... Um Forgive me if you're not a Christian. I'm going to give a theological metaphor. Um, I I hear some people, Christians, moan about uh, teaching about the righteousness of the believer. That, you know, there's not enough emphasis on repentance. and, and, And I was like, well, you know what? It's really easy for us to believe we're guilty and to bash ourselves up and, and feel shame and, and condemnation. Um, likewise, it's very, very easy to say yes in, in a sexually charged context, especially if there is mutual attraction. Um, what we need training in is what's, what's hard to do. And that's what you're saying. We have Absolutely. to be teaching kids how to say no. If we teach them how, to, they're going to figure out how to say yes real easily enough. Yeah. What they need the confidence and the expertise in is how to say no. And I think it's important to say too that it's not just a matter of saying just don't do it. We need to actually get children back to an understanding of what sex is and Mm. what it was created for and the purpose behind sex and the long-lasting effect there is of having a sexual experience. So we've we've gotten to the stage now where sex is just like the expected thing at the end of a date or... A bodily um, function. An entertainment, mm. uh, something that you just—it's a, a a coming of age almost, mm. and this is so wrong. So it's not just a matter of saying to kids, "Just don't do it," or you know, say no. It's a matter of getting them to understand the depth of relationship that is expected in that sexual. So it's um, so the Bible talks about it as becoming one flesh, like it it makes it such a spiritual and a holy. Um, Clinical act. psychologists likewise talk about. Uh, the the impact on your brain chemistry yeah. that sexual behaviour has absolutely it's so, it's not yeah it's not pure entertainment it, it actually no, is is in, incredibly biologically scientifically emotionally psychologically complex and if if as the Bible says you sort of become one person with that person that you're having sex with. Is it any wonder that we're just seeing so many kids who just don't even know who they are anymore because they sort of come become one, become one, become one, and they're sort of giving away something of themselves each time mm. they have a sexual experience and they end up not even knowing who they are. Yeah. So we've got to teach more about personal integrity. We've got to teach more about what what the sexual experience is actually, the, the purpose behind it, the, the why it was even... Why it's even created in the first place is just something that's so incredibly important. So it's not just a matter of saying no. But I think what we're seeing now is is this consent discussion moving into um, other areas as well. So uh, what something that has really shocked me about the consent discussion is a feminist declaration that has become um, known about and there's quite a few people blogging about this at the moment. There's a feminist declaration that uh, has been put out. It's a global declaration and over 200 organisations have signed it 
and it has come on the back of all this big push for gender equality um, which is again something that you know we could talk about with the whole idea of quotas and all this that's come because of this discussion as well but this uh, feminist declaration has come on the back of that what it's really done is calling on our governments to remove the age of consent so part of this discussion about consent Beg your pardon? So what we've got... Remove the yes, age yes, of consent? I've got, so I've, anybody can have sex with anybody of any age? Well, the document in question, and we can put a link um, on the, on the um, screen for you, is the Feminist Declaration. I'm going to read from um, Section 14A, and they're calling on governments to, and this is a quote, eliminate all laws and policies that limit the exercise of bodily autonomy, including laws limiting legal capacity of adolescents, people with disabilities as well, to provide consent to sex. So it goes on and it talks more about this and it actually clarifies When they choose the it. language, limit the age of adolescents, is that advocating a lower age of consent? Well, they want to eliminate all laws that, that limit the legal capacity of adolescents. So at the moment, we limit the legal capacity of adolescents to choose to have sex with an adult because we have an age of consent. And so we, we at the moment, we have laws either 16 or 17 in Australia. And this section 14 Sounds like a, a uh, law that the pedophiles will be rejoicing at. I absolutely think it would. And shockingly, one of the... Well, there's a few different organisations in Australia that have signed it that have really shocked me. There's, there's about... There's 34 or 35 organisations in Australia that have signed, or that have signed up to this um, organisation themselves, the Global Umbrella, mm -hmm. and one of them is Wear It Purple. So we have the Wear It Purple Day through just about all of our state schools. The police actually do Wear It Purple now. We've had major chain stores doing Wear It Purple and Wear It Purple have a, are a member organisation of this International Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Trans and Intersex Association that have put forward this feminist declaration. And so we've got uh, also the, um, the YWCA are part of this, the Equality Australia are part of this, um, and so the no Greens, the Greens um, faction, the LGBTIQ uh, PA plus faction of the Greens have, are also part of this. And so this is... This is diabolical because at the same time that we're teaching children it's now extreme. in schools that they need to understand how to give consent, we are actually, on the other hand, wanting to remove the age of consent. So we're teaching children how they can say yes safely and then we're removing any impediment for them to do it even under the age of 16. So together, I think we've got a recipe wow. for absolute disaster. That is... That <laughs> battle stations. That's an emergency, a it social is disaster. Stations. It is battle with stations. Essentially promoting pedophilia. I think it's all hands on deck because what it does is remove any penalty from an adult for having a sexual relationship with a child. While teaching the child how to say yes. Yes. That. Uh... So we need to put these links up for your viewers because they need to be able to look at this themselves. Uh, because you can't just take it from me. You actually have to yeah, go and do look the at research this yourself. yourself. Yeah. Um, those links are either on the screen now or, or in the notes beneath this video. Yeah. So we've got we've we've come a long way in this discussion, um, Dave, because we started with saying how 
you know, males should not be um, classified as some sort of predatory uh, humanity, form of humanity. And it makes me really sad that we do that because that's sort of big extreme. But we, we recognise that there's a problem. Mm. All males are not predators. Our children need to be taught in their homes um, protective behaviours. Yeah. But we don't delegate that teaching to our schools. And when we do, we need to be really aware of what is being taught in schools. And then on the other hand, we've got organisations such as We're at Purple who are not part of our school system but are, have infiltrated the school system that are calling for age of consent laws mm. seemingly to be removed. Yep, awesome. Are there any other thoughts, topics we should um, mention before we um, wrap Look, it up? I think, um, you know, for people to be involved in this, they need to contact federal members and talk to them about the report that's the Age of Innocence, protecting the Age of Innocence report. They need to ask why we haven't actually introduced age verification laws. And we're not, we're not wanting to put an extra layer of government over. We are wanting to protect our children's innocence. That's what the whole report it says. seems extremely simple and easy to implement, this age verification requirement. Absolutely. And, and all it does, what it will do... Is it do, in place anywhere in the world already? France. In France. So you can't get place. onto a porn website in France, even the international ones, without age verification. So if you went to a porn website in France, you would, be, um, you would go to the website, the homepage, but there would not be pornography on that homepage. Right. Because to actually access the pornography... So here, if you go to a pornography website, and I don't suggest that you do, but if you go, you will immediately be confronted with horrendous pornography mm -hmm. and those pornography website the the home page is just open to all and so it's a different home page if you're coming from france if you were coming if you were in france and yep. you tried to access that same home page the the pornography websites themselves have to be responsible to put some sort of a, a gate yep for uh, people to access their and website. And they have to prove they're 18 they have to prove they're not they're just 18. click i'm no. 18 and, and enter no um do you know how that's enforced? There's lots of different ways. Sometimes they use a driver's license. Sometimes you can. they have a method of going into a news agent and actually producing your driver's, driver's license and buying a, a code that you can actually put in to verify. Um, so there's lots of different gateways that are being used currently. What about the law enforcement? So if, if a, a porn supplier doesn't do that for web traffic coming from France. How France is saying they'll block the site. Okay. France is saying if they don't comply, they'll block the site. Okay. Mm. Um, excellent. Well, that, that seems if France can do it, which is a very leftist, progressive, absolutely socialist nation, absolutely. But they're they're um, wanting to take the protection of children seriously. They are acknowledging that pornography is a huge health issue for well, we our children. I agree with them there. And so they, they're wanting to take this seriously and to protect children from being exposed to, um, to incredibly sexual imagery that, as I say, could affect the trajectory of the rest of their life. And it certainly is, you know, when we're talking about um, feminist sort of conversations as well, this is a real issue for feminists as well. Radical feminists are very opposed to pornography. Uh, and they are very opposed to children being exposed to pornography because, again, the conversation around being protective of women has to uh, affect our conversation around pornography. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, surely this is the no-brainer. Yeah. Surely this is just so incredibly easy to do with such predictable public benefits yeah. uh, that directly impact the things so many people are saying they're concerned about at the moment and demanding government action on. Surely this very low bar, very easy mm. policy to implement uh, is the very least and first that should be being considered. Um, and we wonder why boys are behaving badly towards girls. We're wondering why there is pressure on girls to succumb to sexual Well, with um, all acts. the conversation we've had about sex education at the moment, it, it's been widely said at the moment, and it's truly observed, that the biggest educator of our children is pornography right now. Uh, and so and, whatever the yep. curriculum is that the government wants to introduce, it has no chance of competing with the internet. And it, um, over 90% of uh, pornography that is viewed is some form of violence against women. So we've got children watching that as entertainment and being educated by that. Is it any wonder then that we have... And it's not just boys who are watching pornography. That's right. The boys are watching it, so the girls are watching it to want to know why the boys are asking them to do particular things. And so they're being educated by it as well. So it's not just a, a boy problem. This is a, this is a mm. huge child problem that we are um, we're just so wrong not to actually jump in as quickly as we possibly can. And so mm. I know there are many in the government who are wanting to pull in these laws. We, just, we really need to pressure them to do it. Agreed. Is there any petitions or anything like that on the ACL website? Anything no, we can we're, we're working to? on a campaign on this very issue. So I'd say watch, watch this space and I will put up links as soon as I can on your website, Dave, because yep. we are working at how is the best way to go forward in this. We are, we are in a very toxic environment at the moment. And so anything that comes out um, that is seemingly uh, pro-man, Pro, like it's just so toxic. So we're working on the best way to come out with a campaign to highlight the issues where they're with consent. Because of course, we're not going to come out and say, um, you know, girls shouldn't be taught, you know, about uh, how to protect themselves. Like, mm. and so it's it's difficult. So we're trying to get the wording right, but it is a really important conversation. And ACL are working on a campaign right at this moment. Okay, good. Well, I won't double up with a little petition on, on the good oh, source. Yeah. But uh, as soon as that comes up, let us know. We'll make yeah. sure we, we share that link. Because I, I agree, this is a no-brainer. This is, surely there should be a bipartisan support yeah. for simple age verification gateways to uh, extreme sexual content on, on the internet. Absolutely. Surely that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Not stopping an adult from doing anything that an adult is legally allowed to access. Right. Um, I wish I could. Yeah, legally. Yeah. I would like to shut down all pornography. And I think that there will come a day when we will look back on this and think, what were we thinking? How could we possibly have allowed that sort so. of it? Yeah. I agree. I hope so. But um, I also agree that is a good cultural thing to do as opposed to a legislative thing to do. Adults... Um, should have more human empathy yeah. uh, than to commodify people that way. But, um, but certainly we, we owe it to our children to protect their age of innocence. Absolutely. And if there's women watching or men watching who are indulging in porn or if women, if your man is indulging in porn, 
just stop it. Like it's it's really, really serious. And it's not something that is just an entertainment thing. This is something that is affecting how men are behaving towards women. Yeah. And and we need to really just yeah. We'll put some resources for that if you'd yeah. like some help with that also in the notes beneath this video. Um, which if you're watching this elsewhere will definitely be on the Good Source website, goodsource.news. Thank you very much, oh, thanks, Wendy. Thanks, Dave. I, I, yeah, I hope I've been concise enough. There seems to be so much to talk about in this topic. Um, so I'm sure others will have other resources that they can send you as well. And I'd be interested to hear from people because I think this is a huge issue for yeah. us. Well, we will put that in the uh, website post that this um, video gets published in. Uh, and we'll f continually add to that um, as we can over coming weeks. If, the, if you've got any extra resources which you think would be good for viewers to plug into, please send them to editor at goodsource.news uh, in an email and um, we'll weigh them and assess them and, and if they're significantly adding to the conversation, we'll, we'll put them in there. Um, we don't want to overwhelm people with a thousand links, but um, please send in anything um, that you think is missing once you've been to that website and head to that website for all the resources um, and helpful information on, on how to be part of the solution to this endemic problem in Australian culture that needs real solutions. Um, Wendy Francis, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Dave Fellow. Well, that's it for this episode of Pello Talk. Um, thank you very much to the Good Source supporters and, and those who uh, particularly support uh, my voice continuing in this area and bringing these conversations to you. If you'd like to become a supporter, please head to goodsource.news and click on the donate button uh, at the top there. And uh, you should also subscribe to the email newsletters, which come out roughly every week or two. Um, and we'll put this content directly in your inbox because it's only a matter of time until we get deplatformed from the uh, corporate, uh, giant corporate social media channels. Um, it, the best thing to do is to get this information directly from me to you. And uh, if you'd like to share this uh, and help other people get this content, that will also help battle the algorithms and biases uh, against conservative content on the internet. Uh, but that's it from me for this episode. God bless and we'll see you in the next one. To do something, no, 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 no.